the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. And welcome in, but no John Hall today. Kathy Emmons in the studio with new Mike. John Hall taking another day off. Mike, welcome to you, my friend. Welcome to you as well. Another spectacular day in the city of Pittsburgh. Beautiful day. I wish we were broadcasting outside. Yes. uh, But instead, we're not. Though we are excited, uh, at least I'm excited, because it's... uh, Pirates versus Rangers tonight. Pirates winners of the la- four out of the last five. Uh, Marte coming out super strong in the last two games. Very exciting. Mike, if I didn't have commitments tonight, I'd be at PNC Park. Of course you would. It's a beautiful ballpark. But I'm not there. Are you going tonight? Unfortunately not. Why not? Um, I have to babysit. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. But I'm excited because you and I are going to both be here tomorrow. That's right. Are you yep. going to be here tomorrow? I will be. Will you? I'll try to be. What's happening? Unfortunately, I just got called in a jury duty. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. now? Just now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so what happens if you say that Kathy Emmons is going to be in the studio, <laughs> you know, alone, and John Hall might not make it back, and then what would happen I'm to sure they will the ride home audience? Go. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that, that yeah, they, they would constitute that as a personal emergency. They, yes. Yeah, that's definitely priority It's a. like having a two-year-old, right, who's like, what are they going to do without <laughs> yeah, you? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm all kind of excited. I don't, I don't, this is my first time doing this, so I don't know. You've never been to jury duty. No. Oh, you're going to, it's going to, well, I'm not sure what it's going to (laughs) do. For me, it did several things. It made me appreciate the jury process as far as the fact that we actually get representation from our peers. Mm -hmm. And it made me despair for the inefficiency of the system. Really? Oh, it is a shame. It is an absolute shame. But you know what? It's better than having some dude decide your fate. That's I mean, true. It, it, seriously. That's true. I mean, this is the yeah. this is the best we've got. Sadly, it's not perfect. <laughs> okay, speaking of not perfect, um, before we go, and we got a great show ahead. Let me just give you a hint as to what's coming up tonight. Um, we're going to talk about disability, vulnerability, and weakness in the five o'clock hour. And you think, really? Do we want to talk about that? That sounds. Listen, the only way forward in maturing as adults and knowing Jesus better is to hang out with the vulnerable and the weak because that's what Jesus did. And if we think there's any other way other than the way he showed us, then we're fools. So we're going to talk about that in the five o'clock hour. Also, we're going to talk about Israel and Hamas. There is a, um, there's a, a, uh, well, there's a peaceful moment, let's put it that way, between Israel and uh, the Palestinians. And so we're going to talk about that with David French at 5 o'clock. Also, coming up this hour, we'll talk with Amy Simpson about God being a mother to the motherless. If you're a person who grew up without a mom, or perhaps you grew up with a mom who wasn't a good mom, uh, Mother's Day can be a painful experience. And so we're going to talk about that at 440, because Mother's Day isn't a day of celebration for everyone. Amy Simpson is one of those girls who grew up without a mom, um, who was well enough to care for her and so we'll do that at 440 and then Jarrell Gillum and his tunch out there does he tunch out there no no tunch today okay well Jarrell's out there we're going to talk about light of life in just a little bit but before any of that this 
On yesterday's show and on countless others of our past shows, uh, John and I have pleaded for dialogue and kindness and humility in our public discourse. I know most of you feel the same way. We see social media, we read blogs, we watch cable news, we look at local and national newspapers, and we long for thought leaders to be reasonable. Now, I hope you, like John and I, aren't looking for opinionless people. We should all appreciate well-stated argument and healthy dissent. I mean, real, honest disagreement, but produced by people of goodwill with good attitudes. Instead, we get this. Hi, everyone. Uh, Representative Brian Sims here, and I'm once again out in front of Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, it's not only in my district, it's the most heavily protested Planned Parenthood, I, I believe, in the country. And today's protester, now, she is an old white lady who's going to try to avoid showing you her face. Um, but the same laws, and luckily, that protect her from being out here also protect me from showing you who she is. And so my hope is, is that you'll donate $100 for every extra hour that this woman is out here telling people what's right for their bodies. So I have a couple questions for you, ma'am. How, how many children have you clothed today? I'm sorry, I missed your answer. How many children have you clothed today? How about how many children have you put shoes on their feet today? Have you fed any children today? Or have you just stood out in front of a Planned Parenthood shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do? Huh? huh? If you hear about the children, you can pray at home for children. It's probably the same place that you feed a child, but you're not. Instead, you're out here shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do. Who would have thought that an old white lady would be out in front of a Planned Parenthood telling people what's right for their bodies? Shame on you. The voice you heard on that audio was Brian Sims, a representative from the great state of, oh right, here in Pennsylvania. Brian was elected in 2012 to represent constituents in Philadelphia, but of course he speaks for all of us Pennsylvanians in a way, which is a real shame. The words you heard are from a video posted to his Twitter, filmed as Mr. Sims, and there's just no other word for it, harassed some random woman praying and holding a rosary on the sidewalk near a Planned Parenthood clinic in Philadelphia. Mr. Sims' video is nearly nine minutes of him ranting about the absurdity of people actually standing outside an abortion clinic and dissenting in the form of prayer and perhaps speaking aloud as well. Now, there's no video of anything else happening around the clinic, so it's hard to know with certainty what the environment is. I'd actually like to know. I'd like to see protesters engage or not with clinic workers and clients and see how they handle themselves. For those of you who saw the film Unplanned, you saw a representation of both good and bad behavior around a clinic. And so, yeah, I'd like to see what's going on around this one. But instead of actual footage, all we get is Mr. Sims verbally lacerating a, quote, old white woman who's just trying to keep her face out of his obnoxious iPhone camera. Here's Mr. Sims addressing her. This, these are the kind of attacks that we can expect on Planned Parenthoods in the current administration. Shame on you, ma'am, for standing out here thinking you know what's right for other people's bodies. There are women that come here from counties away, miles away, because people like you are standing out in front of their Planned Parenthood shaming them. You must have something to say. You've had something to say to every single woman that's come in here, every single couple that's come in here. You've had something to say, something to hand them. And yet now that you're on camera, you have nothing to say and nothing to do about this. Shame on you. There's not a person coming here that needs your advice on what to do with their bodies. Not one. An old white lady telling people what's right to do with their bodies. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. Shame on you. There's no 
faith that tells you you are right and everybody else is wrong. There's no faith that tells you it's your job to stand out here and shame people for something that they have a right to do. This is disgusting. This is wrong. This is rude. This is just jerk behavior. I don't care what your point of view on abortion is. Find a way to express yourself differently, especially if you're an elected representative of a great state like ours. Now, strangely, Mr. Sims describes the woman's presence on the sidewalk, quote, as an attack on the Constitution. Now, he does realize, right, that abortion is not in the Constitution. However, the freedom of speech is, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment, and it for sure is in the Constitution. And one more point in his shouting. Mr. Sims does acknowledge the woman's right to be there, but strangely, she, quote, doesn't have the moral right to be out here. This is a lawyer, people, and an elective representative of our state. I think it's also worth pointing out, as Alexandra DeSanctis did in her excellent article today for National Review, she wrote this. In McCullen versus Coakley, which was in 2014, the Supreme Court decided unanimously that a Massachusetts law enforcing 35-foot buffer zones to keep protesters away from abortion clinics violated the First Amendment. Justice Antonin Scalia's concurrence in that case, joined by Justices Anthony Kennedy and Clarence Thomas, is especially illuminating. This is what Scalia wrote. The obvious purpose of the challenged portion of the Massachusetts Reproductive Health Care Facilities Act is to, quote, protect prospective clients of abortion clinics from having to hear abortion-opposing speech on public streets and sidewalks, he wrote of the Massachusetts law. Citing his own dissent in Hill versus Colorado, Scalia noted, quote, the public spaces outside of abortion-providing facilities have become, by necessity and by virtue of this court's decisions, a forum of last resort for those who oppose abortion. When abortion became the law of the land, it most egregiously was not decided legislatively by the U.S. Congress as it absolutely should have been. Instead, it was law via SCOTUS when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Roe v. Wade. Therefore, and hear this, those who oppose abortion, as Scalia said, have no other recourse in protesting abortion. The citizenry never had the opportunity to vote yay or nay on abortion. Rightly, in McCullen v. Coakley, this court recognized that opponents of abortion do have the right to protest at clinics and speak their mind with no buffer zone. And of course, it also means that Mr. Sims has the right to protest the protesters. If he wants to defend Planned Parenthood or make a big personal donation or buy a billboard or vote to extend tax dollars to them, he can. And he can speak out. But really? Act like an amateur filmmaker, social media bully to some, quote, old white woman who's praying on a sidewalk and put it all on Twitter? Good grief. I know we can't all agree, but can't we be reasonable? This is The Ride Home. Are you getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? 
We know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that's tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle them too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. So call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Give them a call, 724-884-1496 today. That's 724-884-1496 or visit them online at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills. So They could help share your needs, too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys soccer, girls volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. You know, I was feeling lonesome in here for just a minute. You know, because John Hall's on vacation, Mike's in the other room behind the glass. Then all of a sudden, two guys walk in here, and like, I hardly have enough space. This is awesome. We're so happy to have Jarrell Gilliam with us and Tun Chilkin. You guys, hello. Welcome back. Hello. Good to be with you again. Always good to see you guys. Tunch, how are you? I'm doing great, oh, How about you? You'd probably be better if I turned your mic on. Yeah. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you. Yeah. Always good to see you guys. Now, Tunch, you're in the same capacity that you've always been, and we value your capacity. I, I have no capacity. In all, well, let's look at it this way. You have so many capacities that no they, capacity. can, they can't be enumerated. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but Jarrell's here in a brand new capacity. Uh, he is the executive director of Light of Life Rescue Woo! Mission, and we are so happy, and I'm so proud of him, and so just awesome. so thankful. 
Uh, and he has been, he's always done a great job at yeah. the mission, and he's going to do a much better job uh, in his uh, current position. So we're very, very fired up. That's so terrific. All right, Jarrell, that is, um, that's a lot of advocacy. Yes. And I share, you know, I've known you for years. Yes. I think you've done a terrific job at everything that you've done, but I'm so happy to see you in this particular position. So talk about it. Why Light of Life? Well, Light of Life, you know, we've been there on the north side since 1952 doing this work um, for the homeless. And for many, they don't know, like for me, my my initial um, coming into contact with Light of Life was back in the 70s. Is that right? And uh, right. I was a young boy, but I, but I came over there. There was kind of a revival happening back in the 70s in the Jesus movement. Mm-hmm. And these people were coming to Christ. They weren't uh, finding a place to go. And the mission opened up their chapel. And so as a young boy, that was my first kind of exposure to Light of Life was like this place where new converts were going and were being loved on and, uh, and fed. And, uh, and so that became the, something that I just continued doing over the years. Mm-hmm. So now we're here on the other side of this all these years later. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a counselor there. Uh, back in the 90s, and then I came back this time and uh, was a program director, director of discipleship, and now this new role. That's awesome. That's yes. wonderful news. All right, Tunch, when you're looking for someone to lead an organization, Light of Life, you know what it does, but you also have a heart for the ministry. And so you want someone who's going to be able to be efficient with their work, but also is going to reach out in love. You know, I want, you know, the, and, and, and uh, Kathy, I'm not on the board anymore, oh. but I'm still. Kind of, in, I'm still honorary on. The board. I'm honorary yeah. on the you're, board. You're hanging but, around, uh, but I'm still hanging out. You know, I've been, I, you know, I, I've been hanging out for a long time. And and you know, Jarrell and I met in the '90s uh, mm-hmm. when he was first uh, involved with the mission, and um, uh, when he threw his name into the hat for executive director, I, you know, I I would tell anybody that would listen. Mm-hmm. You got to hire Jarrell because not only is he a, 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 a brilliant, a brilliant man, mm-hmm. but he's got a heart for the poor. He's got a heart for the addicted, uh, and he's got uh, a, a huge heart for Jesus and for the lost. And so, uh, you're right, Kathy. I, I said th- this is the guy mm-hmm. that has got to be the ex- executive director, and uh, and I, you know, talked to. Uh, Glenn, uh, uh, the president of the board of directors, and I talked to all my old buddies that are still on the board, and I said, seriously, you got to... I don't know uh, what else to say. You uh, just got to do this. You got to do this, right. And and he's the perfect man uh, for uh, for the position. And uh, you're right. You got to have someone that's got a shepherd's heart, uh, that's someone that, uh, uh, you know, loves the Lord, loves the lost, loves others, and you know, and you got Jarrell. Yep. And so uh, we may, we, you know, uh, this is the perfect guy for the job. Well, I'm so happy that we get to celebrate this with you guys. All right, Jarrell, talk about Light of Life. Why Light of Life? Why has it been such a staple in the city of Pittsburgh going back to the 50s? What yes. makes it special? Well, one of the things that set us, sets us apart, and there was a change in the 90s where we went from kind of a traditional mission to a grace-based approach where we really want to focus on creating an environment where the homeless come in and they feel love, they feel acceptance. Uh, before, you know, we used to have a, you know, like many missions, it's kind of a rules-based, sure. you're in and out, that kind of thing. But what we were finding is uh, guys would come in or women would come into our programs, they would conform, but then they, after they would leave, they would relapse. 
So we really started saying, what does it take to get into the hearts of people, to help them to transform, to help them to change, to get the gospel in from the inside out? So this grace-based approach has really uh, set us apart. Uh, our staff are now skilled at coming alongside, helping people to start to get to the iceberg. You know, it's like the iceberg. 10% is what we're seeing, but it's the 90% that's under that has led them to the place where they are now. And what I like to say is that we all have believed lies about ourselves, about God, and about others. And so when we come to the gospel, he brings the light of that truth in, and then we have the, the opportunity to accept that truth to mm-hmm. exchange it for the lie and have new life begin. Yeah. Amen. But the thing about a rules-based approach is that oftentimes it's easier simply because yes. it gives you rules that you can follow. Yes. And so when you move to a grace-based approach, when you're talking about the 90% of the iceberg that's under the water, that's a lot of work and it's yes. a lot of effort. And it takes conversations and being willing to sit down and talk with somebody. And I like saying it's what we're doing is holding up the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're helping them to discover you know, the answers themselves to see, oh, okay, this is a pattern that's going on uh, in my life. And we're bringing them out of isolation into community, which is different because uh, I I often say that addiction isn't uh, or recovery isn't about just uh, uh, sobriety, um, but it's about the opposite of of addiction is actually community. It's Mm -hmm. coming into community. Mm -hmm. It's having relationship with others. So we have to come alongside them. Um, provide those opportunities. Sometimes it's days, it's weeks, but finally that door begins to open and we want to be there when that moment is uh, happens. Yeah. Isn't that the case with all of us with whatever our thing Amen. is? Yeah. Is yes. that there's no, there's no difference between someone who's addicted yes. to food or someone who's addicted to cocaine or someone who's addicted to television. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, some of them certainly are more destructive. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to minimize, right. you know, an addiction like cocaine or alcohol, but I'm just saying that as human beings, we are yes. drawn into negative patterns. Yes. All of us are. And so the more we can all be in community, yes. the better off we all are. Yes. Tunch, what do you say? I, I, I amen to that. I mean, that's why I've been in men's ministry for mm-hmm. the last, uh, since 2005, uh, and he, actually even b- before that, Kathy. And and that's why everybody loves Jarrell, because he has um, a vision for the, the mission that is based on love, but that is based on grace, that is based on the light of Jesus. And that's what makes the mission so great. You know, I've been hanging out there since the late 80s, early 90s. And, uh, you know, you see life transformation. You know, guys that come into the program, they're addicted and they're angry. And slowly but surely, uh, the guys, uh, the counselors and the people on staff, they start chipping away at that rock that that rock of a heart that they get, and all of a sudden that's replaced with a heart of flesh, you mm-hmm. know, like in Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so uh, uh, it, it is. It has been remarkable to see uh, so many of uh, the the relationships that I've had over the years, uh, the transformation uh, with guys that are uh, that have been in the program, and so many of the guys that have been in the program are now working at Light of Life. Mm-hmm. And and so you know they it's a have good sign. yeah it, it, and and they could you know going back to Lorenzo uh, Lorenzo <laughs> ran the kitchen for years and years yes. Lorenzo was uh, the executive chef at the top of the triangle got addicted was on the street got clean at light of life could have been an executive chef anywhere in Pittsburgh. 
but he stayed at the mission. And he discipled uh, Mm -hmm. men that were in the program. And, uh, you know, he went to the Lord from light of life. Uh, You know, he was, you know, you, you could, if you got a bunch of guys from the mission in here, you would not, you wouldn't hear the end of the stories of Lorenzo, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what I love about Jarrell. Jarrell Jarrell is a lot like Lorenzo. He wants to make an impact uh, on the guys in the program, and uh, and so that's why we're just uh, very very excited about the the direction the mission's yeah. going, and and it's great to be uh, uh, involved. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're excited to have you guys here. The voices you hear, Jarrell Gilliam, interim. No, you're not. Are you executive director? Or are you executive interim? director? That's no interim. No more interim. Look, I'm crossing it out right now. Look at me. Interim's out of here. Executive <laughs> director, Light of Life Rescue Mission, and Tun Jokin as well. Hey, you guys. Later in the program, we're going to be talking to someone about Jean Vanier. Now, you might not know his name, but he's he founded the large communities that are around the world. Um, and it's uh, it was a play, and he just passed away, and that's the reason we're talking about him. But th- what set these communities aside is they were people like us who had who didn't have a disability that you could see, who decided to live an intentional community with people that did have disabilities, wow. intellectual disabilities of some variety. And one of the things that he preached for many years, just with his life, let alone with his words, but he said, you know, other communities are like healthy people going in and you donate a couple hours to sick people. But this is community. This is different. This is us all recognizing that we've all got some disability, right? Mm -hmm. And yours might might be more pronounced than mine in a certain area. But I bet if you know me well enough, you're going to find out I have something really pronounced that you don't have. But you're only going to discover that if you live in close community, right? And that's when it gets hard, though, right? Because community is dicey. Mm -hmm. And then people start to fight. You know, it's it's easier for someone to come in, serve a couple hours and take off. But that's not what you're looking for at Light of life, right? You're looking for that deeper intentional type of mix. Correct. And now there are more and more people that are interested in that. And we're excited about that to come alongside, to be mentors, to be volunteers that want to spend time, uh, you know, with our guys, with our ladies. And it it makes a difference uh, for all of eternity with them. The guys that are, the guys and the women that are most successful are the ones that connect to a church, connect to a small group while they're in our program. And so it's so important that they make those connections there because then when they go outside, they already have the supports that are there in the community. Yeah. Okay, so for people who've never heard of Light of Life, or maybe they've heard the words, or maybe they you know, saw you and Wolf on your crazy walk. you know, <laughs> Which is coming up? Sorry. Which is coming up the 25th of May. Is it really? Right. Wow, the, it's so the, soon. Start your Memorial Day weekend with a great walk and a great picnic uh, awesome. on the great lawn across from Heinz Field yes. beginning at 8 a.m. Uh, oh, Saturday morning, the 20, May 25th. We're going to have a bunch of our old teammates from the past and a couple of guys uh, from the current Steelers and it's going to be a great day. There's going to be face painters, clowns. There's going to be jugglers. There's going to be uh, great food. Uh, our good buddy Art Cohen from Pittsburgh uh, Barbecue yeah. is doing three pigs this yeah. year. No, wait. So wait, that probably means then that Wolf will walk the whole thing and still gain weight. Yeah, well, Wolf. So Wolf, you know, I mean, Wolf, that's a special ability. Yeah, yes. Wolf has. You know, he is the mindless eating machine. Sure, yeah. sure, and we love him for that. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, so for people who don't know Light of Life, um, so talk to us just about what it is, where it is, and if they want to get involved or support the ministry, how would they do it? Yes, well, it's on the north side of Pittsburgh, and uh, they could go to lightoflife.org. On our website, you'll see opportunities to volunteer. Um, We have 
uh, a continuum of care that we what we like to call it. So we have created programs that no matter where a person is, uh, they might have an addiction background and have a longer term program. You might have some people just need a week or two to get on their feet. And so they can come in and they can stay. There's actually there on the north side, we, we um, have meals, about 250 meals a day that we give out of that particular area. Um, we have shelter nights there for people to stay. Uh, we have women in different uh, scattered sites around our area. We also have a women's home um, that we uh, work with as well. So there's basically wherever they come in, yeah. there's places to serve, there's places to, to, to jump in. And on today is also the, the day of giving, and it's a great opportunity for people. I'm so glad you reminded me yeah, of that. Today's the, the day of giving. Yeah, yeah, how does that work? One of the great things about Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so today, the Pittsburgh Foundation, they are matching up to $738,000 today. And so you can go into uh, to their website. You can select your charity, and Light of Life is one of them. And up to a thousand dollars, your 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 gift today will be matched. And so it's one of the great things it, about Pittsburgh. A We're a giving thing. city, and there are lots of charities that are a part of that. Yeah, man, so I'm glad wonderful. for that reminder. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to support Light of Life, if it's yes. an organization that's meant something to you, or you feel as if it's an organization that meets a particular need in Pittsburgh that can't be met any other way, today is your day, the day of giving for, through the Pittsburgh Foundation. You guys, I'm so happy you were here. Before you take off, though, Tunch, I got to ask you. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Yeah. Looking forward to next season. Right. <laughs> we seem to have lost a running back and a, a, and a wide receiver of some renown. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> How do you feel? You know what? I, 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 I'm not so disappointed. Okay. Uh, I got to tell you, I think this year uh, the drama is going to be kept to the movie theaters. Oh, uh, which is where and it's it not should gonna, be. And it's not going to be. Let uh, us rejoice. Yeah, I, 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 yeah a guy I, I met on the uh, on an airplane said that, and I thought, oh, that's a great line. I'm gonna, I'll give you, he's from Greensburg. Scott, I think is his name. Good job. Uh, but then... Um, you know, I think that the Steelers, I love the offseason moves. I love Dante yeah. Moncrief. Yeah. He's a big, fast, wide receiver, yeah. and he's very physical. He runs through guys. I love Steve Nelson. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I love the additions they've made through the draft. And I think um, uh, the Steelers are going to come with a chip on their shoulder, and I think they're going to have a right. really, really Listen. good year. Uh, you know, I call this, this is the year of the diva dump. Oh. Uh, you get rid of the D. <laughs> D squared. D it's squared. gone. It is <laughs> gone. All right. That's Tunch Ilkin from the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network and Jarrell Gilliam, the new executive director of Light of Life. Don't forget the day of giving through the Pittsburgh Foundation today. Thanks, you guys. So happy you were able to be here. It's the truth that Grove City College is known for its rigorous academics. However, my wife and I drove up to Grove City on Saturday night, and we were thrilled. We went to see my uh, son's men's glee club uh, presentation, uh, concert. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are just students who love to sing, a bunch of guys, a bunch of geeky guys. I'll paraphrase that. I'll make sure I know that. Uh, and, and they were wonderful. It was this a cappella sound. Student-led. Yeah. Maybe 100 people watching. It started at 6.30, ended around 8, and as soon as that performance was over, the room was, okay, come on, there's a string quartet right behind you, went out in the hall for a brief um, sort of a soiree, and the place is just swimming with music, sound. 
I love Grove City College. You think it's one thing, yeah. but it's lots of mosaics of other things. Yeah, because we've talked how many times about what the academics are like, the fact that students are called by vocation to be students for that four-year period, and that the faculty and administration are committed to helping them learn as much as possible. But it's not like it's all work. I mean, there are fun and games. You can look at athletics. You can look at their wonderful theater productions, yep. the music that you saw. It's really good. Grove City College. If you're thinking about your kid and a quality education, you owe it to yourself and the nature of what lies ahead for the future to look at Grove City. Grove City Online, gcc.edu. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84PA on the Saturday before Memorial Day for our annual Farm Heritage Day. During this annual event, two giant tents will hold 20-plus old-time crafters, sharing their wares with you like sheep shearing, wool spinning, quilting, and leather punching. Our old-fashioned chore girls will be churning butter, kneading bread dough, and rolling pie dough, and they'll need lots of helpers, too. Take the tour of our modern milking facility where you get to try your hand at milking Sally the Tour Cow. The Springhouse Cooks will feature all kinds of fabulous eats inside, too. So come hungry for hot roast beef and gravy, real mashed potatoes, and so much more. Farm Heritage Day at the Springhouse on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, 11 to 4. Let us share a little of our farm with you. Springhousemarket.com or give us a call at 724-228-3339. It's where the Sahara meets the Nile and the Mediterranean Sea. Only here exist the perfect conditions for growing the finest cotton in the world. I'm John Hall. Nowhere else can you find cotton so luxuriously soft and light, yet super strong and able to hold deep, vibrant colors, wash after wash. It's this very cotton Mike Lindell has used to create my pillows, Giza Dreams bed sheets. Try them once, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. And right now, get a special 30% off MyPillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800-391-0954 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com and be sure to use promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Sweet dreams from my pillow. Indulge your taste for adventure on a 10-day, once-in-a-lifetime tour of South Africa. Explore Johannesburg, Soweto, and Cape Town. Go on safari through Kruger National Park and come face-to-face with Africa's Big Five. Or dive into the domain of the Great White Shark and live to tell the tale. Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber presents South Africa. Departing Pittsburgh, April 21st of 2020. Full details at paacc.com slash travel. Get smarter every day at aussie.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try ozy.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. Tonight we'll have mainly cloudy skies and a stray shower. The low will be near 50. Tomorrow's going to be another warm one, but you'll see mainly gray skies, 76 for the afternoon high. Mostly cloudy, low near 60 for tomorrow night. On Thursday, you'll see variable clouds along with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Another warm one Thursday with a high 78, then cooler Friday with clouds and a couple of showers, high about 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. I got an obsession. Seriously, I am completely social media social media glued to a puppy. 
I know. You think, really, do you not? Are you one of these people that, like, is only going to look at cat videos? No, I'm telling you, if you have not yet seen Zane, the 10-week-old golden retriever puppy who's working with the Pittsburgh police, oh, my gosh. He he is dangerously fluffy. I will tell you right now. He's adorable, and he wears this little black vest that says he's in training. All right, listen, this is the news. Um, reading from the Tribune Review, uh, Zone 4 Sergeant Carla Kern says, quote, After the events of Tree of Life, we brought in canine first responders for our debriefings. So she talks about the fact that when the police officers came in to debrief what happened in the Tree of Life that awful, awful day in Squirrel Hill, that they brought dogs in to just kind of be there and hang out with the officers. And she said that everyone who was involved noted how much they just helped. They just brought a sense of comfort and a sense of calm. And it helped the officers to kind of open up and accept support from peers and from the support team. Um, And so after that, they decided that maybe they would pursue something on a more permanent basis. So um, this is a quote from Zone 4 Community Outreach Officer Victoria Butch, who is Zane's handler. And she talks about how the Bureau's peer support team, the Pittsburgh Member Assistance Program, are trained in crisis intervention. And so they're going to offer people assistance in human form, but they're also going to bring this fluffy puppy along. Because if you were in crisis, wouldn't a fluffy puppy help you, Mike? Wouldn't a fluffy puppy help? Of course help? it would. Of course it would. Have you seen Zane, Mike? I have not. Oh, my God. I Look him to. up right now. Look him up right now as I'm right. talking. Okay. Zane's name, of course, that's the question. Where did it come from? Um, Sergeant Kern said this. We did a lot of soul searching as to how to name the puppy, but Zane is Hebrew for gift and prayed for. <laughs> are you loving him? Yeah. Of course you are. I want to take him home. Zane is Hebrew for gift and prayed for. And we talked about it. And we thought that was very fitting after the events of Tree of Life. Now, here's the thing. Zane is still in training. He has to get his final set of shots later this month. And then he'll begin obedience training. At about six months old, he'll start his therapy dog training. So they won't be attending any community events until Zane has some training under his belt. But until then, he is still exceedingly fluffy. Thank you, Pittsburgh Police, and thank you, Zane. Much more coming up. We're going to talk about Mother's Day next, especially if you didn't have a mom or if your mom wasn't a great mom. We'll talk about what Mother's Day might mean for you. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. We will never have any diets. We will eat for enjoyment and for the pleasure of it without bearing any of the human penalties that we now bear. But I want to remind you, that program doesn't start till you get to heaven, so I want you to understand that. Right. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Signs, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, this week, TBN, the largest Christian television network in the world, launches its first daily TV show made particularly for women. Better Together is what it's called, and it features different faces and different voices each day. You'll see Christine Kane, Laurie Crouch, Victoria Osteen, 
Carrie Job, Lisa Harper, and others, all in conversation about things that matter to women. I'm not talking makeup tutorials or room renos. You're going to see and hear women talking about heart issues, friendship, identity, social media, intimacy with God, kids, family, how to hear God's voice. It'll be women talking together about the things you want to talk about, too. So don't miss it. TBN's Better Together, coming up April 22nd. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at ExtremeTruck.net. The market goes up and the market goes down, but one thing remains the same. Record low unemployment means there are still more job openings than people to fill them, and that means you have leverage. They're vying for your attention at WordFM's virtual job fair. Visit WordFM.com slash virtual for great local companies ready to offer you an employment upgrade. Isn't it time you got a raise? The virtual job fair, where many are called, but you are chosen at WordFM.com slash virtual. Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. I can't believe it's Mother's Day already. Um, and for those of us who attend a church or show up on a Sunday, uh, I can't tell you how many Mother's Day sermons I've heard. And, it, you know, it, it's often well-placed. You know, pastors who want to get up and talk about how important moms are, and especially in a society like ours, uh, moms don't get a lot of props. And so it's a wonderful thing to hear that. However... Um, like with anything, when we laud a particular uh, role, whether it's the role of a spouse or it's the role of a parent or it's the role of a child, uh, the risk is that there are people who are without that role in their life, um, who don't have kids or who don't have a spouse um, or who don't have a parent or who have a parent who was not um, a good one. And so, you know, if the church is filled with the sick, then the church is going to be filled with all sorts of people who have all sorts of issues. And so to talk about how we approach a holiday like Mother's Day when we haven't had the best experience with a mom, we've invited our good friend Amy Simpson to be back with us. Amy's the acquisitions editor for Moody Publishing. She's an author, a speaker, and a leadership coach who helps people get clear on their calling and fully engage in life with guiding purpose. She's the award-winning author of Blessed Are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an imperfect world and troubled minds, mental illness, and the church's mission. Her latest is anxious, choosing faith in a world of worry. Amy, I'm glad you're here. Welcome back. 
Thanks, Kathy. It's great to be here as always. Amy, we talk to you every month and we have for years, and I've read tons and tons of things you've written. But I think that this article might be the best thing that I've read from you. Um, And it's so personal and it's so true. Um, So let's start talking. And it's your story. So maybe that's why it rings um, just so wonderfully to me. Uh, Talk about what happened when you were 14. Yeah, when I was 14 is when I, you know, really lost my mother. But, um, you know, when I say that, most people might think I mean that my mother passed away, and she actually did not. She's actually still living to this day. Um, yet the the experience um, really was uh, equivalent to to losing my mom. And, and what I lost her to was to severe mental illness. My mom has schizophrenia. And she she didn't just develop it when I was 14, but she was died. She she um, became so severely ill at that time that she was finally diagnosed and began um, receiving treatment at that point. Um, before then, she had been di- undiagnosed and untreated, but but also had functioned just well enough to that um, you know her disease was able to kind of uh, be under the radar. So at that point was really was really when it became. Uh, a complete loss of my mom, and obviously that had um, a huge impact on me, not only then, but throughout my life since then. Amy, you write that as a child, you always sensed, even before you knew what was wrong, that you needed to protect your mom. Yeah, that's exactly right. My mom, um, you know, excuse me, because she had schizophrenia, I, you know, one of the hallmarks of that disease is paranoia. Um, which means, you know, it's a word we, we throw around, the idea that someone's paranoid, but it is a specific medical symptom, and basically it means that people are, you know, uh, grossly afraid of um, things that may or may not be present. Typically, often, things that are not real or not happening um, can cause terror for people who have an illness like that. So my mom was, she was a fearful person. You know, she was, to some degree, her life was marked by fear, and and I picked up on that. Of course, I, I saw that and felt that my mom needed my protection rather than mm-hmm. being able to protect me. Mm-hmm. And with your dad preoccupied, you write that your younger sister and you cared for your mom while at the same time you kind of raised yourselves. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we cared for each other. We had two two older siblings. There were four of us. There still are four of us. Um, and so we all kind of cared for each other, and yet... Um, my younger si- sister and I, there was a bit of a gap between my older siblings and, and the younger siblings, and my younger sister and I were the ones who were really the most, at that point during our teenage years, were, the, were still the most dependent. My 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 brother um, had, had graduated from high school and, and left home. My sister, my older sister, was, you know, on was a senior in high school. She was on her way out. Um, just about to graduate. So my younger sister and I were the ones who really, you know, still had some some significant time left uh, being dependent on my parents and, and living at home with my mom and being faced with this this situation where we had every day needed to help care for her and kind of raise ourselves. 
take care of ourselves and take care of each other. We're talking to Amy Simpson, acquisitions editor for Moody Publishing, but she's also an author of the wonderful books, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness in the Church's Mission, and Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. So, Amy, you said um, that things kind of changed for you when you became an adult, because once you were out of the like the emergency situation of having to you know survive and you know take care of your sister and your sister take you, care of you and you take care of your mom, when you got out of the home is when you kind of started to realize what you had not had all those years. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it was a it was a process of of under not first understanding and coming to terms with and then learning sort of beginning to name the experience and make sense of it and then maybe fin- finally recognize the impact that it had on me and, and on the rest of my family. Um, because you know you really need kind of a safe distance to to process those things when you're in a, a situation that requires sort of survival mode, ongoing survival mode and coping techniques. You know, those are the things that are going to take over. So having the luxury of some distance and some and some time and, and getting into some different life circumstances where I had more safety and more, um, you know, more, I was more growing up, so I was more able to cope with life on my own. Um, though, then those things started to, to happen for me. And I, I engaged help with that. You know, I've worked with counselors and gone through some, some grief processes and, and you know, taken advantage of resources to help me go through that process. But and, and God has been very gracious in leading me through that. But um, yeah, so over time, you know, beginning to understand just what what my family had gone through, what our experience had been like, um, and and beginning to see some of the deficits that were left behind. Yeah. Um, it was it, it was a painful but an important process. But the process has, I don't, I don't want to say culminated because I know it's still ongoing, but there was a moment for you when you realized that you hadn't been motherless all that time, even though it felt like you had been motherless in a lot of human practical ways you had been motherless, but all along there was something that was grounded and um, spiritual and lasting that had gone on in your life from the very beginning, even through all that trauma with your mom. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I don't want to trivialize the the need for a for a mother, for a human mother. God has created that role and placed moms in our lives and placed us as moms in our children's lives, you know, for a reason. He has specific roles that he wants us to play and he has designed us to receive things from our mothers that only our mothers can give us. So I, I don't want to trivialize that. And yet at the same time, um God is God is um so capable of also playing that role in our lives in many ways. And, and actually the, one of the really beautiful things to me was discovering many ways that God has actually revealed himself mm-hmm. in those terms, you know, revealed himself in scripture in motherly terms or in, in using words or language that we would typically maybe associate with a mother. Right. And it's mother. important to say that God, you know, we call God father, but God is not a man. Yeah, exactly. God is not a man. God's not a, not human. <laughs> you know, God's not a man. And yet, you know, God is not a woman either. I'm certainly not advocating that, you know, some kind of um, gender bending for God. And yet God has often, you know, revealed himself in masculine terms, but has done so in, in somewhat feminine terms as well in Scripture. So I think it's important to recognize, you know, both men and women are created in the image of God. And 
inherent in that reality is that God reflects both masculine and feminine characteristics as well. And I think the most important thing is that God is the God of our deficits, and we all have deficits. Um, you know, my deficit looks different than yours, but God has been present in all of mine like God was present in all of yours, Amy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as I look back on my life, <laughs> I can see many, many specific ways that God was present in those deficits, and and he continues to show up in those deficits. In fact, at times, you know, what my experience is, <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit will reveal to me a deficit I was not even aware of, mm-hmm. you know, or will point that out in his grace so that um, he might, he might meet that, whether it's, whether it's through directly through relationship with God or through the church, you know, or it's through some other relationship that he's placed in my life. Um, because if, when we're not aware of those deficits, it's not that they don't exist. It's often that, you know, they do exist, but, but we are, we are, If you're an employer or a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. Your health plan's a big part of the cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase in your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? So stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. So give them a call. 724-884-1496. That's Marley Financial. 724-884-1496 or go to MarleyFG.com. Oh, wow. It can't be. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where have you been? If you snore, the first time you use mute can be quite an experience. (laughs) I can breathe. I can breathe. Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance of sleep. Oh, that's the best night I've had in years. In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. She has a calming spirit. You can tell she's a genuine person and actually cares. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care with Dr. Megan Stock. She was just friendly and nice, and her office staff is actually just as welcoming. And you can tell that they all are really on the same page, and they want to help people. And even my family members, like my mom goes to her, and she's always been terrified of dentists, and she just raves about Dr. Megan. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free. Mortgages for mother. Workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop Saturday, May 11th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, Equal Housing Lender. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. 
A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Last night was one of the supreme weirdest events in America. I mean, the Met Gala was last night. If you've never heard of it, it's hosted by the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And it's this exclusive event where, you know, super famous celebrities are invited. And its purpose is fundraising for the Met's fashion exhibit. So good. You know, I like fundraising. And all these people have, you know, a kajillion dollars. So, of course, they can do it. But how they come dressed is so nutty. It's so out there. I mean, last year it was just downright offensive because it was something about it was something like church related. So people came dressed as like church icons, the Pope, and it was super weird. Heavenly bodies—that's what it was called. This year, um, I don't even know what the theme was this year. It is just uh, anyway. Lady Gaga came as a fairy godmother. Zendaya came as Cinderella. Billy Porter was carried in by several mess dressed in gold. Uh, Katy Perry came as a chandelier. I'm not making it up. It's so weird. But here's the thing to remember. If you ever get to New York City, go to the Met. It's the most fabulously gorgeous museum. And you can get in for free or pay whatever it is you can afford. So even though these people are crazy, the Met itself is so terrific. It's such a gem. It's such an unbelievable experience that it offers to anyone at all who walks up to the front door. So don't let these crazy people in their weird chandeliers uh, turn you away. If you get to New York City, go to Fifth Avenue and go to the Met. There's a lot coming up on the uh, 5 o'clock hour of today's Ride Home. So stay with us. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In Colorado, the Douglas County Sheriff's Office has put out an alert saying shots have been fired at a school and two people have been injured. The shooting happened at the STEM School, a K-12 charter school at Ridgeline and Plaza and Highlands Ranch, a town 12 miles south of Denver, Colorado. Authorities have asked the public to avoid the area. The Sheriff's Office is saying it is an unstable situation. Again, there's been a shooting in Highland Ranch, Colorado, about 12 miles south of Denver, and two people have been reported injured. The Dow plunged today 473 points on worries about trade tensions between China and the United States. The Dow was down by 473. The Nasdaq dropped 159. The S&P lower by 48. Oil dropped 85 cents to 61.40 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Jen had a very busy day today, really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, donated. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. 
You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Did you know that 18% of children in the U.S. live in poverty? That's nearly one in five. Red Nose Day is back at Walgreens to help change that. With your purchase of a Red Nose at Walgreens, you're making a real impact on the lives of children in need. This week, you can also support Red Nose Day by shopping products from proud supporting brands. Right now, select varieties of Pantene hair care products are only $3.99 with card. Restrictions may apply. See store for details. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Come celebrate faith, family, and fun Wednesday through the weekend at Neville Rollerdrome. There's something for everyone, from families to youth groups. However you like to roll from hits old and new to high-energy games, family-friendly favorites to your favorite CCM tunes, Neville Rollerdrome offers a mix of safe, clean, family fun for every age. See skate rules and session details at skatenrd.com. Neville Rollerdrome, this is how we roll at SkateNRD.com. Tonight we'll have mainly cloudy skies and a stray shower. The low will be near 50. Tomorrow's going to be another warm one, but you'll see mainly gray skies, 76 for the afternoon high. Mostly cloudy, low near 60 for tomorrow night. On Thursday, you'll see variable clouds along with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Another warm one Thursday with a high 78. Then cooler Friday with clouds and a couple of showers, high about 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Kathy Emmons with you this afternoon. My honor partner, John Hall, taking another day off. So you know that it was his birthday on Saturday. And so apparently the recovery from the birthday celebration is extreme. Mike, that's what I'm concerned apparently. about. It's, I mean, it's, and, you know, John doesn't drink alcohol. So it's not like it's, you know, some kind of yeah. alcohol-fueled binge he was I'm on. still worried about him. Though. Have you gotten in contact with him? Well, you know what I saw? What did you say? A photograph of an apple pie. Did you? Yeah. His wife made it for him. He said it was his birthday gift. And um, I think he downed that whole thing on Saturday. I hope he's not allergic to apples. No, I I don't think he's allergic to apples. I just don't think he fits in his pants. <laughs> he probably has a food, camo, food coma right Exactly. Now. Exactly. You eat a whole apple pie, it's going to take you, you know, multiple oh, days yeah. to get over that sort of thing. So anyway, John taking a day off. Um, to him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a, a gorgeous day in the city of Pittsburgh. Great night. Pirates are playing the Rangers tonight. Um, Stephen Brault gets his first start. If you're P- going to PNC Park, you're going to watch it on television. Um, get out your black and gold. I also want to tell you that today is a hashtag one day, which is a day that the Pittsburgh Foundation invites all of us to join in making sure that all of our neighbors are able to meet their basic needs. So go to www.pittsburghgives.org and you can put in 
your favorite nonprofit and your gift will be matched by those people that support the Pittsburgh Foundation. So think of the organization that you love the most. Um, if you go to the Pittsburgh Foundation website I just gave you, again, it's www.pittsburghgives.org. You can see how many people have given today so far. Um, right now, there have been 2,508 donations to 161 organizations. That's $619,000. Um, it's terrific. So it's take care of our own community, pittsburghgives.org. So cool. Really excited about that. we got a great 5 o'clock hour in just a little bit. Uh, David French is going to be in here. We're going to talk about the uh, ceasefire that's going on right now. It's tentative, but it is a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Um, we'll also talk about a little bit of... Um, uh, difficult circumstance he's gotten into with Franklin Graham and how that's playing out publicly and personally. That's David French from National Review in just a little bit. And then later in the hour, we'll talk about Jean Veneer, uh, the late founder of the Arch Communities, where people who were disabled and people who weren't disabled live together. Um, he just passed away, and he has a wonderful legacy that can inform all of us in how we understand the way of Jesus. So that's coming up. Also, I'm going to talk about the uh, new film on J.R.R. Tolkien that I'm going to tonight. I'll give you a little um, look ahead and what that's going to be. But before we do any of that, this. On yesterday's show and on countless others of our past shows, John and I have pleaded for dialogue and kindness and humility in our public discourse. I know most of you feel the same way. We all, we see social media, we read blogs, we watch cable news, we look at local and national newspapers, and we long for thought leaders to be reasonable. Now, I hope you, like John and I, aren't looking for opinionless people because we should all appreciate well-stated arguments and healthy dissent. I mean, real disagreement, but produced by people of goodwill with good attitudes. Instead, we get this. Hi, everyone. Uh, Representative Brian Sims here, and I'm once again out in front of Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, it's not only in my district, it's the most heavily protested Planned Parenthood, I, I believe, in the country. And today's protester, now, she is an old white lady who's going to try to avoid showing you her face. Um, but the same laws, and luckily, that protect her from being out here also protect me from showing you who she is. And so my hope is, is that you'll donate $100 for every extra hour that this woman is out here telling people what's right for their bodies. So I have a couple questions for you, ma'am. How, how many children have you clothed today? I'm sorry, I missed your answer. How many children have you clothed today? How about how many children have you put shoes on their feet today? Have you fed any children today? Or have you just stood out in front of a Planned Parenthood shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do? Huh? huh? If you hear about the children, you can pray at home for children. It's probably the same place that you feed a child, but you're not. Instead, you're out here shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do. Who would have thought that an old white lady would be out in front of a Planned Parenthood telling people what's right for their bodies? Shame on you. The voice you heard in that audio was Brian Sims, a representative from the great state of, oh, right, here in Pennsylvania. Brian was elected in 2012 to represent constituents in Philadelphia, but of course he speaks for all of us Pennsylvanians in a way, which is a real shame. The words you heard are from a video posted to his Twitter filmed as Mr. Sims, there is no other word for this, harassed some random woman praying and holding a rosary on the sidewalk near a Planned Parenthood clinic in Philadelphia. Mr. Sims' video is nearly nine minutes of him ranting about the absurdity of people actually standing outside an abortion clinic and dissenting. 
in the form of prayer and perhaps speaking aloud as well. There's no video of anything else happening around the clinic, so it's hard to know with certainty what the environment is. I'd actually like to know. I'd like to see protesters engage or not with clinic workers and clients and see how they handle themselves. For those of you who saw the film Unplanned, you saw a representation of both good and bad behavior around a clinic. And so, yeah, I'd like to see what's going on around this one. But instead of actual footage, all we get is Mr. Sims verbally lacerating an older woman. He calls her unquote old white lady who's just trying to keep her face away from his obnoxious iPhone camera. Here's Mr. Sims addressing her. On Planned Parenthood's in the current administration. Shame on you, ma'am, for standing out here thinking you know what's right for other people's bodies. There are women that come here from counties away, miles away, because people like you are standing out in front of their Planned Parenthood, shaming them. You must have something to say. You've had something to say to every single woman that's come in here, every single couple that's come in here. You've had something to say, something to hand them. And yet now that you're on camera, you have nothing to say and nothing to do about this. Shame on you. There's not a person coming here that needs your advice on what to do with their bodies. Not one. An old white lady telling people what's right to do with their bodies. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. Shame on you. There's no faith that tells you you are right and everybody else is wrong. There's no faith that tells you it's your job to stand out here and shame people for something that they have a right to do. This is disgusting. This is wrong. This is rude. This is just jerk behavior. I don't care what your point of view on abortion is. Find a way to express yourself differently, especially if you're an elected representative of a great state like ours. Now, later in the video, and strangely, Mr. Sims describes the woman's presence on the sidewalk as, quote, an attack on the Constitution. He does realize, right, that abortion is not a constitutional right. However, the freedom of speech is. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment, and it for sure is in the Constitution. At one point in his shouting, Mr. Sims does acknowledge the woman's right to be there, but strangely, she, quote, doesn't have the moral right to be out there. This is a lawyer, people, and an elected representative of our state. Now, I also think it's worth pointing out, as Alexandra DeSanctis did in her excellent article she penned today for National Review, she wrote, quote, in McCullen versus Coakley, 2014, the U.S. Supreme Court decided unanimously that a Massachusetts law enforcing 35 foot buffer zones to keep protesters away from abortion clinics violated the First Amendment. Justice Antonin Scalia's concurrence in that case, joined by Justices Anthony Kennedy and Clarence Thomas, is especially illuminating. Quote, this is what Scalia said. The obvious purpose of the challenged portion of the Massachusetts Reproductive Health Care Facilities Act is to, quote, protect prospective clients of abortion clinics from having to hear abortion opposing speech on public streets and sidewalks. Citing his own dissent in Hill versus Colorado, Scalia went on to say, quote, the public spaces outside of abortion providing facilities have become by necessity and by virtue of this court's decisions, a forum of last resort for those who oppose abortion. 
Now, when abortion became the law of our land, it most egregiously was never decided legislatively by the U.S. Congress as it absolutely should have been. Instead, it was law via SCOTUS when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Roe v. Wade. Therefore, and hear this, those who oppose abortion have no other recourse in protesting abortion. The citizens never had the opportunity to vote yay or nay on abortion. Rightly, in McCullen versus Coakley, the court recognized that opponents of abortion do have the right to protest at clinics and speak their mind with no buffer zone. And of course, it also means that Mr. Sims has the right to protest the protesters. If he wants to defend Planned Parenthood or make a big personal donation or buy a billboard or vote to extend tax dollars to them, he can and he can speak out. But really act like an amateur filmmaker, social media bully to some old white lady who's praying on a sidewalk and then put it all on Twitter. Good grief. I know we can't all agree, but can't we be reasonable? This is the ride home. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help you today. So give them a call. 724-884-1496. That's Marley Financial. 724-884-1496. Or find them online at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. In many parts of the world, China, Africa, India, Southeast Asia, people have never heard, have never heard the name of Jesus. Even if they have, many lack the resources to learn about it. Word FM has teamed with the Bible League to send God's Word to the world. $5 will send a Bible now. $100 will send 20 Give now at wordfm.com keyword Bibles or call one 800 Yes, word. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life. Hi, this is Carrie. I'm so excited. Why? Because Compassion Sunday is coming up very soon. My family sponsored a child a couple of years ago on Compassion Sunday at our church, and it's been the best thing we have ever experienced. And I'm excited because I want you to have that same experience. Would you join us? Just go to Compassion.com slash Sunday to find a church near you that's hosting Compassion Sunday. That's Compassion.com slash Sunday. You can really save time and energy by using Walmart's grocery pickup and delivery. To start, use the Walmart grocery app or order online.
Pickup is free and can be at an exact time. There's a small fee for delivery, but you can pick the one-hour window you want. And Walmart staff selects the best items for you, no matter what it is. Fresh foods, bulk items, doesn't matter. There's a money-back satisfaction guarantee. And you can use the code WOWFRESH for $10 off on $50 or more. It's totally a great service. Walmart grocery pickup and delivery. It's quick, easy, and convenient. The good news is that there is a ceasefire between uh, Israel and Hamas. The bad news is that it is tentative, it is fragile, and uh, let's be honest, we've gone down this road before. So to talk about the particulars of this, we've invited our good friend David French back on the program. David French is senior writer for National Review. He's a senior fellow at the National Review Institute, and he's a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. David, always good to have you. Welcome in. Thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. All right. So good and bad, right? Um, the bad is that we really have seen this script play out more than once, David. Oh, yes. Many, many, many times. And and essentially what Hamas does is it tries to use these rocket attacks to hold Israel hostage, to essentially hold out for for um, money, uh, for concessions from you, from Israel. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. But at all times, you know, Israel knows that Hamas has these rockets and it can fire these things by the hundreds, which even when it doesn't kill people, and sadly these rockets did kill four Israelis, uh, it, it completely disrupts life, uh, as you could imagine. I mean, just imagine living life under a rocket barrage. And so, yeah, this is just pure evil. It's terrorism. Now, this is frustrating for me and for, you know, millions of people around the world who see how this issue is covered in the press. And, you know, I got to make a parenthetical statement and say, you know, I'm not a Christian who is pro-Israel because I see a biblical mandate for that. And that's a theological thing we can get into later at another time. But I am um, a supporter of Israel because I believe in their right to exist as a state. And it is hard for me to believe, David, that after all these years and after all we've seen and after all the proffers of statehood that Israel has given to uh, the Palestinians, that still the issue is covered as if they are two equal states who are fighting instead of one state, a sovereign state, and a terrorist organization. Yeah, that, that's really important. People keep hearing words like occupation. Gaza is not occupied. Uh, years ago, Israel pulled completely out of Gaza, completely out of Gaza. So Gaza is run by Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization whose goal is to drive, uh, to destroy the Jewish state of Israel. That's what it is. And there is no moral equivalence here. This is not a situation where Hamas is, uh, you know, like the freedom fighters, the American revolutionaries. No, they're a terrorist organization. And the only thing really standing between Gaza and anything remotely resembling a normal life is Hamas actually governing the place like a responsible actor rather than as a terrorist right. organization. And so, you know, this is this is one of the things that happens constantly. There's a constant stream of misinformation often spread by mainstream press. Uh, and, and the reality is Israel is not occupying Gaza. Gaza is run by a terrorist organization. This terrorist organization is engaged in multiple flagrant acts of terror and aggression against Israel. So, David, you write in your piece that this um, the situation that continues to go on between Israel and Hamas, the fact that it's not worse, the fact that Israel hasn't obliterated Hamas is because of Israel's restraint. Now, this is going to drive some of our listeners out of their mind. So give us your perspective. Right. How is Israel exhibiting restraint? 
Well, yeah. So under the law of war, um, if an enemy like Hamas uh, engages in an act of war against Israel, Israel has the right, under the international law of armed conflict, not just to defend itself against the rockets. In other words, not just to knock down the rockets or to attack the rocket launchers. It has the right, under the law of war, to go into Gaza, invade it, destroy Hamas utterly, and to occupy Gaza until Israel can be assured of its own safety when it withdraws. That's under the law of war, it has the ability to do that. It does not do that for tactical and strategic reasons of its own. Namely, it doesn't want to occupy Gaza. But what we see in the international press is a constant drumbeat of attacks against Israel, claiming that it's engaged in violations of the laws of war, when in fact it goes beyond the requirements of the law of war in showing restraint time and time and time again. And it, again, it does it for its own tactical and strategic reasons. But any time that someone says that, that Israel is violating the law of war in the way it responds to Hamas, it is not. Let's look at an example that you brought up. So Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. Now, uh, right. what did that entitle our country to do in response? Right. It entitled our country to do far more than just sink the Japanese fleet that attacked us or to use weapons to repel the attack. It could. No, what it did is it entitled us to be, uh, it entitled us to re- declare war on Japan, to engage in a uh, direct military confrontation, not just with the, fleet, the Japanese fleet and army and air force, but with the government of Japan to invade Japan and to occupy it after its surrender until we could be sure that an allied government would replace us, would replace our occupation government. That's what we were allowed to do under the law of war, and that's not controversial at all under the law of armed conflict. Not at all. Right. So, so this so you're saying, David, this is understood by nations around the world. This is what if you decide to invade a country, you decide to attack a country, this is what they can do in response. Why doesn't that apply to the Israel and Hamas conflict? Well it does technically and legally, but there is a campaign by um anti Semites on the left, some anti Semites on the right. A campaign by European governments, international um, non-governmental organizations, to restrict Israel beyond the requirements of the laws of war. Um, they place too much legitimacy in Hamas, too little flexibility, and uh, and give Israel too little flexibility in its response, and consistently misuse terms like proportionality in ways that distort their meaning. Proportionality is a requirement of the law of war. In other words. Essentially, you're not supposed to use any more threat than necessary to extinguish, uh, any more force than necessary to extinguish a threat. So, like, if there's a sniper in a building and you can destroy the building, you shouldn't destroy the whole city block. Mm. It's a pretty common sense right. uh, provision. That makes sense. What they've twisted, they've twisted in, into a rule that essentially says whatever force Hamas use, uses, Israel has to use the same force back. That's no. Israel can use whatever force is necessary to destroy Hamas. Hmm. It can. It chooses not to, but it can. Now, you showed us, David, and I'm looking at your article in today's National Review, um, that when a hostile uh, terrorist force embeds itself 
in a civilian population. You know, that's something that we're talking about specifically um, when it comes to Hamas is the fact that, you know, that normal boundaries of behavior in in military um, jurisdiction would be that the military keeps itself separate. So it it identifies itself visually. It gives a buffer geographically between it and civilians so as to avoid any civilian contact. Now, that can't always happen so that there we all know that there are civilian casualties all the time. But certainly just reasonable nations recognize that, Okay, if we're going to fight, we're going to fight military to military. We're not going to include civilians in it. But when a hostile terrorist force embeds itself in a civilian population, they've already crossed over that line. Tell us what happens as a result. Yeah, under international law, then, the casualties, the civilian casualties that result when a hostile armed force embeds itself in a civilian population are the fault, the moral and legal fault of the of the force that violated the laws of war by using human shields. So, to give a good example, let's, uh, to give an example, let's imagine you had a force marching on an American city behind a wall of human shields, behind a wall of civilians. The civilians were marching in front of them, and the hostile force was shooting from behind them. And the only way to defend yourself from the hostile force was to shoot through the human shields. Well, you would, under the law of war, have the right to do that, because your object is not to kill the civilians. Your object is to defend yourself from the hostile military. And if you win that fight, then the people who are subject to prosecution in war, under war crimes tribunals are the people who use the human shield. And often this goes backwards. What the international community will say is, well, sure, Hamas is behind human shields, but we're going to hold Israel responsible for the casualties it causes when it defends itself. And that's exactly backwards from the law of international armed conflict. Right, but that is the reality of how people respond um, to news reports of civilians in uh, on the Palestinian side being injured. We're talking to David French, senior writer for National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute and veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, okay, so looking at these, these arguments as you've presented them, um, the end result you're getting to is the fact that it, we should all just take a moment, step back and say, wow, because Israel has restrained itself much more than it has had to. Not only does Israel restrain itself much more than it has to, it restrains itself much more than America does. (laughs) And this is one thing I point out. I show some before and after pictures from Mosul uh, from 2015 to 2017. And Mosul, Iraq, is the the largest city that ISIS took in its offensive into Iraq. And we took it back with our allies on the ground, the Kurds and the Iraqi allies on the ground, and American artillery and air support. And I have aerial photos that show the absolute devastation in Mosul, just devastation because ISIS would not give ground. It stayed embedded in the civilian population. It hid in civilian buildings. And the government of Iraq and its allies, us, had the ability under the law of war to fight back and to destroy ISIS, even if it's in these civilian buildings. And we did that. We, we created much more carnage in Mosul and Raqqa and cities like Najaf and Fallujah than Israel ever has in Gaza. And, so, and we comply with the laws of war. We comply with rules that are stricter than the laws of war. So Israel is more restrained even than the U.S. David, we only have a few minutes left, and so I want to leave this topic and go to another one because, friend, you're in hot water. <laughs> I am. You are in hot water. I, listen, I got this email yesterday that I was very surprised at. I, I, I understand that perhaps you got the same email. I did, multiple. Uh, 
Yes, the American Family Association has launched a petition drive to condemn me for my, quote, character assassination and, quote, yellow journalism for criticizing Franklin Graham for uh, attacking Bill Clinton in 1998 for his personal infidelities, but then in 2018 saying of Trump's infidelity that that's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Now, so wait, now, I'm, now I'm, let me back up for just a minute. So, as I said, I received this email yesterday afternoon from the, uh, um, what is it, the American Family Association? Yeah, the American Family yeah, Association. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, I get these emails, and so I, you know, give them a cursory glance, and here's, you know, your name jumps out at me. And so, um, basically, you have criticized Franklin Graham in the past mm-hmm. simply because, as you said, he was critical of the moral situation of Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton was president, seems to be much less interested in criticizing the moral situation of Donald Trump. And you were just saying, hey, look, there's got to be some some equivalency here. Yeah, you've got to hold people to the exact same standards. He wrote an op-ed in 1998 in the Wall Street Journal, and he said about Bill Clinton's claims that his affair with Monica Lewinsky and his other indiscretions were a private matter. And he said, you know, and Franklin Graham said, and he was exactly right in 1998, that if a man will lie to his wife and daughter, who will he not lie to? How can we be assured that he'll tell the truth to the American public? But then in 2018, Franklin Graham said, well, you know, we made a mistake going after Bill Clinton's personal conduct, that really all this stuff with Stormy Daniels is nobody's business. Um, And that's a very, very dramatic reversal. And it's an unjustified reversal because, as I pointed out, the fact that Trump would uh, Trump lies to his own wife, Trump lies to others, have have um, predicted the fact that Trump does lie to the American public quite a bit, and that the criticism that applied to Bill Clinton in 1998 applies to Donald Trump in 2018. And we as Christians have to hold leaders to the same standards. There's not two different standards depending on a DNR, and now 36,000 people have signed a petition condemning me for this. <laughs> well, you know, first off, I'm not signing a p- petition condemning you, I want you to know. But isn't the whole thing <laughs> sad, David? Isn't it sad? You know, Franklin Graham has done so many terrific things in his life. I mean, just looking at Operation Christmas Child has just been absolutely changed the perspective of so many people who've received and so many people who have given. I just, when I see faith leaders weigh in on politics in this way, it is so disheartening to me. Yes, and one thing that I said in my piece is I don't think this mistake that he's making should define him. He's been a faithful preacher of the gospel for decades. He has done incalculable amounts of good things for people, you know, most vulnerable people around the world. He's a a good man. He's done wonderful things. He's made a mistake here, and it's a significant mistake, because one of the things that it does is it communicates to those people who are not familiar with Franklin Brown, who are less familiar with the American Evangelical Church, that we have double standards, that we are less people of conviction than people of partisan tribalism. And that is, that's very unfortunate, because I think it hurts our witness, and that's what I said in the piece. And and doesn't mean Franklin Graham's, Graham's a bad guy. It means he made a bad mistake, and and I think he should uh, he should correct his course. Yeah, and that is a critique we need to hear from David French, senior writer for National Review, a senior fellow at the National Review Institute, and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. David, I'm not signing the petition against you. Still a friend. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Much more coming up. It's the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home.
had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. Pella has done it again with our brand new lifestyle series. Pella can customize window replacement solutions room by room. Imagine bedroom and bathroom windows with shades between the glass, a room darkening experience for sleep in one room, and beautiful privacy in the other. Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door. For a limited time, get 50% off installation in 12 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA or PellaPittsburgh.com. Graduation day is finally here. Celebrate their achievement and leave the catering to Bistro to Go in the Northside. From backyard family gatherings to glitzy affairs, their simply delicious creations are sure to impress. Fresh, unique, and artistically displayed. From crisp salads and fresh fruits to gorgeously grilled chicken or beef and delectable desserts. With vegan and gluten-free options. Reasonably priced, fully staffed, delivered, or ready to go. Celebrate success with Bistro to Go at bistroandcompany.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Tonight we'll have mainly cloudy skies and a stray shower. The low will be near 50. Tomorrow's going to be another warm one, but you'll see mainly gray skies, 76 for the afternoon high. Mostly cloudy, low near 60 for tomorrow night. On Thursday, you'll see variable clouds along with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Another warm one Thursday with a high 78. Then cooler Friday with clouds and a couple of showers, high about 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. It's National Teacher Day. Woo! <laughs> wow! Thanks. That was a good yeah, audio drop. Yeah. I like that. You like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta uh, love teachers. Tell you first off that I my favorite teacher is the one I'm married to. Mine too. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that we both decided? 
to married teachers, Mike. And aren't we happier for it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Yes. Are you kidding me? Thank God for them. Oh. So um, I'll talk about my husband first. Then you can, like, love on your wife. Uh, <laughs> so my husband has, has taught special needs kids for, I don't know, 28 years, something like something crazy like that. Like the minute he graduated from college, he started teaching special needs kids and he's pretty much done it ever since. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's nothing I'm not saying he deserves like special kudos because he teaches special needs kids, because anybody who tries to teach anybody anything deserves kudos. Um, of course. But I do very, very much appreciate uh, people who have the heart for kids who um, have needs that go beyond what we see as dealable with uh, on a mainstream level. And um, my husband's kids have autism or multiple disabilities or neurologic symptoms or neurologic syndromes, pardon me. And um, he works with a great team of people and has for a long time at the Children's Institute. And so I want to shout out kudos to all of them and say how much I appreciate them on behalf of our Pittsburgh community. I also want to say um, that I have a couple teachers that I thought of this morning. I took about 30 minutes and kind of reflected on the teachers that I had, knowing that it was National Teacher Day. And I want to just say a couple names out loud because I think that they deserve to be said. Um, my second grade teacher, Ruth Ann Schleiden, was my all-time favorite teacher. I nice. totally loved Ruth Ann Schleiden. And I still love Ruth Ann Schleiden. I just saw her like three weeks ago. Um, and she made me love school. And I have always appreciated her for that. Um, I want to thank Ann Pacone, who was my uh, AP English teacher at North Hills High School, um, because she is the person who taught me to write. And I write every single day. My comments do I write around here. Oh, I do. my goodness. Yeah, I do a lot of writing. And um, I had some great teachers at Pitt, but the teacher that really taught me to write was Ann Pacone. And so I want to thank her for that. Also, uh, John Goldsmith was my uh, director when I was in the Heinz Chapel Choir in college at Pitt. And um, everything that I have ever done, and I mean this, everything I have ever done in my career in music leadership um, has its beginnings with John Goldsmith. He passed away about two years ago, and uh, we miss him all the time, and we talk about him all the time. And um, whatever I've done in music, as I said, is a tribute to what he taught me. Um, and I also want to thank Chuck Tabe, who was my teacher at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Um, I worked in the interior design field for a long time, and what he taught me about color and scale and um, art was beyond what I ever could have expected out of that tuition that I paid. And so thanks to Chuck Tabe, who also mm -hmm. passed away. Um, and so I remember him well. Uh, Mike, yes. talk about your teachers, uh, my friend. I got I got a name drop my wife. Please. Alicia. Um, she's the greatest. Um, she is a uh, middle school and junior high teacher. She teaches um, tap, jazz, and musical theater history. And I love going there and seeing all of the kids just light their faces light up mm. when they see her. Yeah, um, she teaches the kids. I mean, as teenagers, they they're under so much pressure, and and, and, and it's such a crazy world. And it is it is a crazy world. And the arts and are crazy. We're all crazy. One of one of the students pulled me aside. He said and and said, you know, your wife, my teacher, just is 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 like the voice of reason mm. in my world. Don't you love that? And she just changed my life. She mm. really did. And. Um, it, it, it was, that was just really neat to hear, mm. really neat to hear. Yeah. Um, second grade teacher, Miss Catterson, um, love that woman. She, uh, I hated reading. I mean, I despised it. Did you rebel? I, yeah, 
That's not oh, hard yeah. to believe, my no, friend. I, yeah, I, I definitely rebelled. And she made me appreciate it. She made me love it. When I mean I hated it, I mean I, I couldn't stand it. I mean I just checked out every time we, it was, you know, it, everybody was going around the class. Uh, every student was going around and, and reading a paragraph in the story. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And she pulled me aside and she, and she, she talked to me. She gave me so much confidence. So kudos to her. She didn't kick your butt. She actually was nice to you. She was so nice to me. Aww. She was a sweetheart. God love her. And on top of that, she was extremely pretty. So I paid attention to <laughs> you her. You know, I mean, not that that helped, <laughs> but it was noticed. Uh, English teacher, my, 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 uh, no, my junior year, uh, Mr. Antonoli, he was also my cross-country coach. I was a wreck my junior and senior year. Um, I was just a rebel kid. And... He was my voice of reason, mm. and he kept me in line. Isn't that um, good? There were times it was it was a love hate relationship, but looking back, it was oh my gosh, I love him so mm. much. He 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 really really helped me out um, in my last final final two years of high school. Um, but yeah, kudos to him. And teachers need to be paid more. Yeah, they do, and they need to be recognized more, which they is do. why I'm so happy that there is a National Teacher Day. It's actually National Teacher Week, but today I guess is the apex of it. And so we want to remember our teachers, the ones we're married to, and the ones who spoke so much truth yeah. um, into our lives. We want to say thank you. WORD. Who are you, really, and what's your purpose? On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. Larry Crabb explains how we are relational beings who too often allow fear to keep us from being who God designed us to be. He'll help you learn to embrace authenticity, to become fully alive, and to fulfill God's purposes. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. We're here at creditrepair.com, the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me, i got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call creditrepair.com? A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes, you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it. And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car, a new house, or even a brand new job. Absolutely. Your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at, and our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items like late payments and collections from your credit report. In fact, on average, people who have used our service have seen significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. What are you waiting for? Call creditrepair.com today. Call 800-851-5318. That's 800-851-5318. 800-851-5318. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. 
Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop, Saturday, May 11th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. Shalom. Abraham here from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. We were blessed to help sponsor the Word FM prayer conference last weekend. Thank you to all who stopped by our table and checked out what God is doing among His Jewish people. This Saturday, May 11th, my congregation is hosting a seminar on how to share Jesus with Jewish people. Please consider helping us as we bring Jesus back to His own people. Register or more info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. The model for dealing with the disabled, I think in large part, has often been, has most of the time been, that the person who is not disabled decides to serve the person who's disabled. And so you go in and you spend a couple hours. And, you know, that's not a good thing. I'm not, you know, here to, you know, say that that's a wrong choice um, because it's a lot better than not doing anything for the disabled. But... Jean Vanier, who just passed away at the age of 90, the founder of the Larch Movement, uh, really looked at serving the disabled in a completely different way, in an upside down way. And instead of thinking, okay, I am the healthy and well person and I'm going in to serve a disabled person for a short time, he looked at it and said, we're all a part of a community. And in one way or another, we're all disabled. And so the way that we work together is not that I serve you because I have something you don't have, but it's that I serve you alongside you because I recognize that I do have some things you don't have, but you also have some things that I don't have. And the only way that we're going to discover that is to live and work alongside one another. So to talk about the life of Jean Vanier, we're happy to have Bethany McKinney Fox with us. She's the Director of Student Success and Adjunct Professor of Christian Ethics at Fuller Theological Seminary. And she's the author of a brand new book we'll talk about in just a little bit. But we're happy to have you, Bethany. Welcome in. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be with you. Bethany, um, how do you feel about how I described Jean Vanier and Larch? It is a different way of looking at life and ministry uh, with the disabled. Yes, absolutely. I think that that is really his enduring, the, the enduring thing that he's brought to Christian communities all over. Um, I was just at a disability ministry conference um, a week or two ago, and there's been a real shift, and I think a lot of it is due to the kind of embodied theology of Jean Vanier um, to kind of think about, you know, people with and without intellectual disabilities as co-laborers in the work of the gospel, that it isn't, you know, just like you said, people without disabilities have something to give people with disabilities, but it's really this, um, we're all created in the image of God, we're all given gifts uh, to share with the community. And, you know, I think um, Jean was especially good at lifting up people whose gifts were not always recognized um, and noticing that it was sometimes in our vulnerability and in places of pain where actually God can reveal um, the most and where love can really happen. Jean Vanier, Bethany, boy, an interesting person, a man of privilege, a man mm-hmm. of uh, of academics. Yeah. He's not the type of personality you expect to yeah. end up living in intentional community with the disabled. Right. You no, know, absolutely. And I think that's part of what has been so striking for him. And it's been really interesting to think about 
the different kinds of people who are drawn to him and to his work. Because on one hand, you know, he is, you know, he has a PhD in philosophy, so he has these very academic credentials. Um, but on another hand, he lives his daily life and lived his daily life in community with with people with and without intellectual disabilities, which meant, you know, doing the dishes and having squabbles over, you know, whose turn it is to watch whatever program on TV or who gets to pick, you know, all the things that come up living in community. And for people who are born into like a family of privilege and have an education um, to actually spend time with people without that privilege is definitely something that, you know, is, is embodies the way of Jesus, but isn't what we normally tend to find in our world. Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful and I think countercultural way of being in the world, and that's why people are so captivated um, by aspects of his life. I like to think of his theology as like a very heart-centered and embodied theology. Like it's not like he just thinks about theology um, as so many. I mean, it's good to think about theology, <laughs> right? Sure, <laughs> but, we all need to. Yeah, but he also, you know, lives it out, and I think that's where really the profound impact is for the world, you know, is not just in having certain ideas, but showing how that actually can be lived out um, in real day-to-day life. So Jean Vanier uh, passed away at the age of 90, the founder of the Large Communities, Large Movement. Can you talk about that? Sure. So Large got started in 1964. He had been, um, you know, for a while in, in the Navy and was kind of raising in the ranks there, um, but kept being drawn to intentional communities and to a life of, um, you know, spiritual practice in a different kind of way, and just to the person of Jesus. And so um, at at one point, he went on a 30-day prayer retreat and at the end um, decided to leave the Navy and kind of pursued some other kinds of Christian community. And he made friends with a Catholic priest named um, Thomas Philippe and at that, at one point in their friendship, um, when Jean was away teaching philosophy, he came to visit his friend um, Thomas Philippe, who had been now living in kind of a small institution in France um, where it was mostly men with intellectual disabilities. Um, and it was not really a beautiful place. It was definitely a place marked by foul odors and where people were not necessarily being nurtured. Um, but, but. Jean went to visit that space and somehow over time began to find Jesus present there in a really unique way. And so after a while, he invited a few men um, out of the institution to kind of come live with him um, in his home. And uh, two of the men stayed, and that was the beginning of Larch, just taking a couple of men out from a situation that was not uh, really conducive to real human flourishing and then bringing them just to share life together um, in a real day-to-day way, being their full selves and all. We all know that when you live with somebody, you get to know them pretty fully. Right. <laughs> so, you know, just as he was able to know these men, they came to know him. And, and that was the beginning of this um, community that now, you know, spans 37 countries and um, is just takes a different context in each place. But there are places just all over the world now where people um, with and without disabilities, are sharing life together, praying together, um, and just celebrating the gifts that God has given um, each of them. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Bethany McKinney. She's the Director of Student Success and Adjunct Professor of Christian Ethics at Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, you yourself spent time at Alarche? Yes. Well, I've, yeah, for a number of years, as I was doing my Ph.D., 
Um, I was going every week to the Larsh community here in California um, and have lived there at times and when they need some extra help and um, have just been really connected to that community for a long time um, and have visited a number of communities both uh, in the U.S. and in Canada and in Ireland um, and just have really appreciated the spirit. Kind of whenever you visit a large community, no matter what country you're in, there's a spirit of hospitality and welcome um, that you can really receive. And at the large community I've been most connected to here in California, um, I have just really enduring friendships. And mm. I'm personally an only child, and so in some ways, for a number of years, it really was my extended family, especially um, when my own mom was going through um, an illness and dying. That was really a space where I received a lot of care. Um, so I went to help. I mean, I helped cook. I helped lead prayer, um, made friends. We went swimming together, folded laundry. <laughs> but it's also a place of real refuge um, that I found, a real family and people to nurture me um, in hard times as well. So it's a real time of mutuality and um, deep relationships where our kind of whole selves, our hearts, our bodies, all of us are welcomed um, and celebrated. That's Bethany McKinney-Fox. She's the author of the new book, Disability and the Way of Jesus, Holistic Healing in the Gospels and in the Church. We'll have her on next to talk about the book another time. But for now, we have much more ahead on today's Ride Home. Grandma and Grandpa, when you retire, will you take me to Disney World? Can we go to a movie? Grandma, can you teach me how to knit? Grandpa, will you throw the baseball around with me? They won't always be so little. Make sure you plan now so you can start making more memories. Because big or small, those moments matter. They are what you've worked your entire life for, and they just might turn out to be some of the best moments of your life and theirs. I'm Kurt Kenotic, CEO and Financial Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group. Call our team to start your personalized income plan for your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. At Accurate Solutions Group, we help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We do the planning so you can make the memories. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to get the best tools at the best price. We do it right, too, with Craftsman 20-volt power tools so you can cut the cord and save while you're at it. One 20-volt battery works across the whole lineup of Craftsman power tools, so the battery and the drill you need to hang a shelf works with the trimmer used to clean up your lawn. Shop now and save on a Craftsman 20-volt two-tool combo kit or a 20-volt string trimmer, each just $99. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5.8. See store for details, U.S. only. Come celebrate faith, family, and fun Wednesday through the weekend at Neville Rollerdrome. There's something for everyone, from families to youth groups. However you like to roll, from hits old and new to high-energy games, family-friendly favorites to your favorite CCM tunes, Neville Rollerdrome offers a mix of safe, clean, family fun for every age. See skate rules and session details at SkateNRD.com. Neville Rollerdrome, this is how we roll at SkateNRD.com. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing? 
but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The T.J. Martell Foundation. Music's promise for a cure. To learn more, visit tjmartell.org. That's tjmartell.org. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. I'm excited tonight. I'm going to uh, the special advanced screening of Tolkien, which is a brand new film, which has come out. Um, I want to thank the production company for extending that offer to me, and I'm happy to take them up on that. It's going to be uh, followed by a live-streamed Q&A moderated by Stephen Colbert, which will be kind of interesting. Um, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with him. Not that I know him personally. I just mean as far as his public stuff. Um, but certainly, I guess he and I are linked because we're both huge J.R.R. Tolkien geeks. So I'm going to be with geekdom tonight. Um, other people in media who are similar to myself and have personal issues getting you know out of Middle Earth. Um, but I'll be happy to report back tomorrow, let you know what I thought of all the hobbits and all the other stuff. Um, I'm excited. So anyway, have yourself a great night, Pittsburgh. Let's go Bucks. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.